Whatever, dude. It's just boobs. 50 Randy quiz. And hey, man, I'm always down to see some boobs. 50 Randy quiz. You don't need to believe it to know it's true. We watch movies so you don't have to. Cage Talk. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades. I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies. The most humble man you will ever hear and never see. The most beautiful person known to man chucky b and with me my co-host as always jt groin grenade money Uh, let me ask you a question chucky b does the b stand for bangkok dangerous this week you know that's right because this is episode 123, and it's also the 50th hashtag cage talk edition. Bangkok dangerous. That is a hell of a milestone we've reached here at hashtag cage talk edition. Episode number 50. We have watched. And reviewed 50 Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, correction. We have watched and reviewed 50 Nicolas Cage classics. I'm sorry for the oversight. How I, I'm, How could I? I don't know how you could. But just in case you haven't gotten it yet, we watched bangkok dangerous the 50th nicholas cage classic and if you have any questions or comments you can go to 50 randyquades.com and let us know what the fuck is up chuck i've got a question for you what's that did you know that it's all in the execution there's only one way out the hitman has become the target uh yeah i guess you could say that is correct. So I can see why it, like those didn't pop up on first search. You had to dig a little bit to get those taglines because none of them are great. No, no. I mean, it's all in execution is probably the best one. It's the one that really kind of gives away the least once you know how the movie goes. Because I didn't know anything about this movie going into it. And the hitman has become the target would have made me go in with a certain picture in my mind that I didn't have going into this. I didn't know he was a hitman until, I mean, the opening scene when it becomes obvious. I didn't know he was a hitman until I put the sheet together. And I'd owned this movie for quite some time. I opened it today, though. Well, listen, it's it's obvious to everyone, and if it's not and you're new to the show, that this is hashtag Cage Talk, and we will talk about everything Nicolas Cage. Yes, yes, or at least we mean to. But we usually reserve that for after the trailer, so we might as well. Oh, shit. Just... We, were, we were already spoiling things, which is why I was trying to jump ahead to that. No, no, we weren't. We were just spoiling what was the taglines. I just feel like, to me, that's a spoiler that I wouldn't have wanted to have. So I apologize to anyone who's listening. So we're going to introduce the trailer for Bangkok Dangerous, which I think was a dangerous uh, choice of title. My job takes me to a lot of places. I sleep alone. I eat alone. I'd like to meet someone, but it's tough when you live out of a suitcase. My name's Joe. This is what I do. Purpose of your visit to Bangkok, Mr. Vincent? Holiday. All my clients have one thing in common. They feed off the people. There's big money and misery. Where there's money, there's competition. And the guy paying me usually wins. You want to make some money? 2000 a day. What's your name? Carl. You know the Caribbean Club? Ask for a dancer named Om. Give her this. She's going to give you a package. When it comes to killing... The man in the case. He hurts many country girls. He buy them from their parents and sell them. 
Make it quick. Make it clean. Do the police know who you are? No one knows who I am. And never make it personal. Don't take an interest in people outside of work. There is no such thing as trust. What is your work? Oh, uh, banking. This summer... This guy fight bad guys and helps the poor. Thai people love him. He's a very good man, same like you. When you deal in the business of death, saving a life can be the most deadly job of all. Yes, we had an arrangement. Political assassination wasn't in the contract. Nicholas Cage. If I see your people again, I'll kill you. Dangerous. And we are back again. We're just back because we haven't been in a foreign country in a while. That's fine. I've got a question for you. Why is Bangkok dangerous a dangerous choice for its title? Because it's fucking stupid. It's just a stupid Why? fucking title. Okay. I just don't like it. I think it, it it just makes no sense. I oh it definitely makes sense. I just it just it it doesn't roll well off your tongue either. Dangerous? Like I like I feel it. like that's just a I think that's just a bad title. I like it. I mean, I understand because it's a remake from a nineteen ninety nine movie of the same title. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, so um as you tell, if you're new to this show, we're gonna talk everything about this movie and Nicolas Cage. Oh, or at least we mean to. And we're, we are gracious, and I am extremely humble as a host. So I want you to know that... Well, I mean, hey, every time I say we're humble, you always fight me on it, so I didn't say you were humble. I just said I was humble. Everybody is going to be like, why? You don't think JT's humble? And I'll be like, no, that motherfucker is greedy as shit. I try not to bring it up anymore because he's always brings a backlash i don't think i know my reaction that you're alluding to that the listening audience can't see so they're like why is chuck going on this rant right now i made a reaction to you calling yourself humble because i don't believe that either no yeah i mean you don't need to believe it to know it's true i'm not sure how that works (laughs) but that's fine if you follow your heart you'll see that i'm the most humble human being you have ever met in your life ever will meet in your life and I mean, it just it starts and ends with me. That's not what my heart tells me. I am the center of everybody's universe, just not my own. Well, do do your humble thing and and give these guests a warning. All right, so we're gonna give you guys a warning. It's uh, it's gonna be a countdown from three to one. After one, all bets are off. Three, two, one. So Nicolas Cage is a hitman who goes to Bangkok to fulfill. Four hits in the span of like a month so that he can get out of the hitman business. And in the end, he commits suicide by shooting himself in the head while also shooting who I called the old crime boss through the head as well. Basically taking out the whole crime family that had hired him to kill all these motherfuckers, including a politician that he decided not to kill. Yeah, good politician, apparently. Apparently. So what what that means? Did is you that know that there was an alternate ending? I know very little about this movie. I did zero research. I didn't have the time. I for did it. probably the most research I've ever done for a movie for the fiftieth episode of Hashtag Cage Talk Edition, where all of a sudden I become a hard hitting reporter. I know I love hearing that because I get some juicy tidbits I didn't know. So what's the alternate ending? All right, so there's this alternate ending, right? Where Kong who's uh, Nicolas Cage's young boy. He saves Nicolas Cage by stealing a police car and getting it in there, right? And then when he's dropping off Nicolas Cage at, like, this boat with, like, all of his passports and shit so he can get the fuck out of there, Nicolas Cage gives him his bank account number, and he's all like, here's a little bonus for you, young boy. Thanks for being such a good student. And, um... Then it's kind of a similar ending with uh, the same sort of shot where you just see Kong uh, like on the side of the road. He was staring out at the water like Dawson Leary does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably because they probably used that ending from the original or from the alternate ending and then was like, nah, we're going to have Nick Cage kill himself instead. 
that makes a lot more sense that shot to me now because as it stood that's one thing that jarred me like what that shot felt really weird didn't make any sense it just felt like it it made sense because it was kind of like oh here's this guy who just went through this crazy experience and he survived it and he's just like trying to take stock of his life i was like that's fine but it felt really weird because it came right after Nicolas Cage fucking killed himself like immediately after and it was only up for like 10 seconds and then boom movie's over so it's just yeah. kind of jarring but it makes more sense with that context I am glad they didn't go with that quote unquote happy ending though that didn't really do anything for me so uh, in case you guys didn't guess it yet this is an action crime thriller that is indeed rated R for violence language and ooh some sexuality i noticed how it didn't say nudity because there was definitely nudity in this movie there was some boobs yeah nudity Eh, whatever dude it's just boobs i mean hey man i'm always down to see some boobs i'm not even looking at it that way because you make it sound like you want to ogle some some breasts like i'm just saying like they're boobs man it's no different to me than a dude's pecs unless you're sexualizing them which in this case i mean they were like, the movie definitely was sexualizing them. They don't have to be a sexual thing. It's just a boob, dude. Hey, man, you know the old story about boobs? Like, once you see one, you want to see them all, right? It's not like Pokemon, I don't think. <laughs> no, that's catching them all. Same thing, really. Catch a glimpse? <laughs> Catch a glimpse, exactly. <laughs> you got it. All right, so this movie was released in theaters the 5th of September of the year 2008. And it debuted at number one for 7.7 million dollars that seems like a really low number to be number one funny that you say that because i got another 50th cage talk edition fun fact for that ass (laughs) did you know that this is the first movie since another 50 randy quaid's reviewed movie dickie roberts to debut at number one with such a low gross that is an astounding fact for you to pull out because it's a dickie roberts callback what i know i know isn't that crazy i don't remember where i found that information it was either the wikipedia or the imdb that was the only two sites i really used but isn't that crazy that's fucking crazy dickie roberts man Uh, like uh, and we did that movie just on a whim when we were trying to what were we even trying to search for as a theme there? I don't even remember. I don't know. Movies that were in the top five when we were picking a new one at that's random. What, that's what it something. was. That's what it was. Well, number two in this setup was Tropic Thunder in week four, pulling in just half a million less at 7.2. Oh, yeah. it, it That's kind of a eye-opener at, hmm. Maybe this movie isn't that good. Well, we also see in week eight, The Dark Knight pulling in 5.5 still. Yeah, number three and number four on the list, uh, The House Bunny in its third week at five and a half million as well. What the fuck is The House Bunny? I think it's, um, ah, shit, what's her name? Uh, She's married, or no, she was married to... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Anna... Yeah, 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 Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Yeah, 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 I think it was her where she's like living in the Playboy Bunny house. Okay. Do you remember what number five traitor was? Because I don't. Some sort of, I'm guessing, action thriller. It sounds like the sort of thing that like maybe Denzel Washington would be in. No, no, because that would be higher on the list. In week two? Yeah, probably. Yeah. This is like the Netflix version of that. 4.2 million. Yeah, the Netflix, no. The Netflix version would not even be in the top five in week two. Yeah, I guess that's true because it's on Netflix, right? So this movie apparently didn't do too hot at the box office. No, because domestically, uh, it only brought in 15.29 million. And that's, what, a little more than half what it brought in its first weekend? So, yeah, this didn't get a lot of love when it hit theaters, and it probably disappeared very quickly. Yeah, and the king of all foreign lands only managed to bring down an additional $27.18 million, uh, outside of the States, bringing the, you know, the worldwide to $42.4 mil. That's with an estimated budget of $45 million. They're not even clearing that 
And I think that actually led to someone getting fired because they were touting this movie as, oh, it was going to make the money. Well, yeah, didn't do that. And as indicated by the the frowny face you put on the sheet, it really, it, it was a big deal that this flopped. It was a big deal. Did you know that I have an additional 50th hashtag cage talk edition fun fact? I do now. That this movie, Nicolas Cage's production company purchased the rights to the remake. And the Pang brothers, uh, Danny and Oxide Chung, who directed this movie, they also directed the 1999 movie of the same title that was in uh, Thai. I could see why Nick Cage would want to play this role. And would want to secure this movie with his production company. Apparently, it was a little bit different in the original one. In the original one, the assassin was uh, deaf. So they flipped it and reversed it to his love interest being the deaf one. Because they're like, yeah, Nicolas Cage is obviously going to need to say some lines. It's Nicolas Cage. Oh, man. That makes me want to watch the original, though, because that concept sounds really fucking cool to have the hitman be deaf. And so they were like, they're like, by flipping it, you know, it still has the same dynamic because he still has a love interest in the original one. I think they I I definitely think they made it work this way, too. Absolutely. Um, So we're getting out. We got Nicolas Cage starring as Joe in the love interest. Charlie Young as Fawn. Yeah, I am terrible at pronouncing the names. Kong, who plays Nicolas Cage's Aaron Boy, he is Shakrit Yamnarm. That's about what I would have gone for. Maybe Shakrit, but I don't know. I don't even know who this character was, but I only put him in here because his name in the movie is Chicago. I saw that on the sheet and I looked it up. And when I saw the guy's picture, I was like, I still don't know who this guy is or who should. I think it was one of the white American guys that he overhears early in the movie. Well, makes sense because he goes by Chicago. And and that's how he meets Kong. Oh, that group of tourists that he sliced the backpack and stole the wallet. Yeah. And Cage was spying on it the whole time. And he's like, yeah, you can put this in that wallet that you stole. Kong's all like, what? So what's the uh, what's the breakdown for Bangkok Dangerous? A hitman, he's in Bangkok to pull off a series of jobs that violates his personal code when he falls in love with a local woman and he bonds with his errand boy. No, you see, now you did put in the breakdown here on the sheet in parentheses with the question mark, young boy. And I think that's a very accurate description. It is actually a very accurate description. Because he refers to himself as Kong's teacher on multiple occasions. So Kong's is... Yeah, and he even tells him at one point, he's like, I'm not your boss, I'm your teacher. Yeah, in, in the wrestling sense, he's absolutely his young boy. All right, so this movie opens up with Nick Cage monologuing about how he wants a normal life, but... He also doesn't mind this one because it gives him steady work and lots of money. And the ability to have free-flowing hair just flying in the wind, except it's not because for some reason it's very stiff. It's long, but it doesn't move anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't move like hair. Why? Because it's a wig. <laughs> it's a bad I just wig. had to get the hair talk off right off the bat because it's one of the first thoughts I had once I got a good look at him was that fucking hair. Jesus Christ. And then he goes, my name is Joe, and this is what I do. And then he kills the guy because he's an assassin. And he kind of like ran down these rules that he has about, you know, how he survives in the game. And the- Yeah, he's got four rules. I didn't write down the rules, but I wrote down that he had four rules. The big one that I remember off the top of my head is the last one, which is like, as soon as you get... No one to get out. As soon as you start thinking about the idea of getting out, it means you're ready to get out. So get out and make it clean. Get the cash you can and just disappear before anyone makes you a target. And so you know right off the bat, like, okay, that's where this movie's headed. And... You see this dude come into his room after he does the job, right? And he, the dude's all jittery and nervous. Like, the, I think the idea is, okay, this dude's a junkie or whatever. But he gives the dude a package and it's full of fucking money. And then he gives him over a cell phone. And then Nick Cage kills him too. <laughs> like, the help is now murdered as well. And he covers it up and makes it look like an overdose. 
Yeah, he's like it was like part of it was part of the rules. It was like the number I think the number two rule was like don't leave loose ends or something. Yeah, well, yes, because he sets up. He's like, all right, I'm going to Bangkok. There's four hits I'm going to do. Get all this cash money, and I'm going to get the fuck out of the game. No problem. Yeah, he he does the classic. Uh, the classic, I gotta set up one last job. Four last jobs. <laughs> and I'll be set. So he's like, this one last job is a four-part assassin, right? He's like, same client, I just gotta take out four fucking hits, and I gotta do exactly what I always do. Okay, so it, it's starting to come back to me what those four rules were. I knew I should have paused and wrote them down when he set them, because I was gonna want to bring it up, but I was like, nah, I'll remember them. And then I totally blinked, but now they're starting to come back. So, like, the first one is, like, set up a safe residence, right? Yeah. Like, get a safe house. And so he does that in the very beginning. He even says it, too. He's like, all right, I got to set up a safe location. But once you get that safe location, you can't just sit there. You got to go out and you got to observe your surroundings. You got to know where you're at so you can kind of run down different situations and once you get the layout of the land, that's when you can progress with the fucking thing. And that's when he's like, shit, I got to get myself a little fucking young boy. And that's number two, where he's like, get yourself that help that you get rid of, basically. So he's out and he sees dude out in the market hustling people. And he goes up to him. He's like, bro, I got a job for you. $2,000 a day. I pay at the end of the week. And dude's like $3,000 a day. And they haggle for a while, but... They end up getting something down. And Cage is like, "Cool, come to my house tomorrow." And young boy, young boy's like, "This is gonna be some easy money from a dumbass fucking American." Now, in the meantime, we've already been introduced to what I just referred to as the crime family the whole time, where you got old crime boss and young crime boss, the father and the son. I think main the main dude's name is like Surat or something. Based on what I looked up on IMDb, I believe. There was, uh, it described them as like, like a TV producer or something. I think, I, I don't know because they run this club, which I'm assuming is one of their fronts for all the crime business that they're in. And that's where Cage sends the young boy to deliver a package and pick up a package. And he's supposed to see one of the dancers there. Yeah. Cause like the dancer and his young boy are basically going to be the two people that have communications. Yeah, they're the go-betweens. Obviously, it goes a little awry because the young boy starts hitting on the the woman at the club. Oh, he's into that shit immediately. And he, the whole movie, he kind of, like, as time progresses over what's about a month by how they kind of lay things out or three weeks or so, he kind of wears her down. But yeah, immediately he's like, what's up, girl? How you doing? Okay, so we find out He's got all these rules for his young boy because it's like, all right, follow these rules or you don't get paid, basically. And the rules are all set up so he doesn't have to grow any sort of an attachment to him because that's part of rule number three where it's like, don't like befriend anybody or grow any personal bonds with anybody because that's just something that's going to get you killed. But it also serves the purpose of making their contact so limited that there's not going to be much of a tie between the two if that should ever become an issue, yeah. you know? Well, when he leaves the club with the package, Cage had told him, don't be late and don't stop for anything. Well, he takes that literally and blows a red light, gets chased by the cops and, like, evades them and runs away and, like, he gets away. But meanwhile, Cage has been tailing him the whole time to see if he's trustworthy. So he sees this whole shit going down. And when he gets back to the house and young boy's there, he's like, you don't get fucking paid yeah. for tonight. Don't you ever get the cops involved in this shit again? And young boy's like, I'm sorry, man. You told me not to stop. And just before the young boy's leaving, he turns around. He's like, he's like, hey, man, uh, that painting right there is bad luck. He's like, the elephant's nose is pointing down. He's like, that's bad luck. I didn't look it up to see if it was bad luck or not. But his luck was actually good while the nose was down. We'll get to that later, though. I think it's just the fact that it's an elephant at all that it's bad luck. Cage turning it upside down is of his own invention of superstition. But if you see when moments of bad luck happen, like later when he's on the date with Vaughn and they come across the actual elephant and he's like touching it shit, that's when the old crime boss decides to have dude followed 
and things kind of start going south there. So he's in the presence of an elephant when things go downhill. He's also in the presence of an elephant when he throws the overdose kid away because he's grown feelings for young boy. And there's an elephant right across the water from him watching him throw it away. So it's like he's still making the decisions and the elephant's kind of just there reminding him like, yeah, this isn't going to go well for you. So I, I don't know. I I I think it would have been better if they wouldn't have had the guy point out that the elephant was bad luck and they just kind of let the elephant be this symbol that hung there and you kind of had to just put it together for yourself. But I still liked how they did it. Yeah, I guess then that wouldn't explain Nicolas Cage turning the elephant painting upside down later. I, that's why I would kind of like it more, though, because I wouldn't know why he did it without speculating why he did it it would make it more interesting to me but that's neither here nor there because now he's got the package from young dude and that's got the picture of his first mark yeah which he he just looks memorizes the face and then burns that fucking picture well he makes a point right here to say he was taught to always look at the eyes because the eyes you can't change the eyes right he's like you can change everything else but you can't change the eyes and that's why earlier in the movie when he invites his young boy in he tells him to take his sunglasses off so we can look at his eyes yep so he goes out after that and he's doing some recon in the area like we were talking about earlier in rule number one like get to know your surroundings he's like timing traffic lights like he's doing some real deep work and in the meantime dude has gone back to not the club now but it's somewhere else where there's a kickboxing fight going on um i say dude i'm talking about young boy and he's got a briefcase that he gives to girl and she goes and runs it out and gets another briefcase exchange. Like these briefcases are just exchanging left and right because this briefcase is holding. This is what I need. It's the hit kit. You know, it's yeah. the gun. It's all the shit that he needs. So like they kind of work this back and forth between these packages. Like it's an interesting setup because there is a lot of back and forth. But the way they have these go between set up seems to work really well or it has for cage in the past until this one you notice the watch that he was wearing in the movie yes he actually endorses that watch or did endorse I thought, that watch i thought it was an ugly piece of shit i just thought it was but, an interesting point to bring and up. no it is no good trivia i'm just saying it's an ugly fucking watch so he goes out and it's time for the first hit it's time to kill another person in cage's line of work but before he does he has this nice stare down with a small child. And uh, after he successfully kills the guy and commits the hit. At a traffic light with a fucking, what, Uzi? He just mows down a car of people. Yeah. It's pretty badass. At least one person died, but more than likely everybody in the car died. So is what, four people dead right there? I'd say you're safe three quarters of those people are dead. And the fourth is hurting real bad. The person maybe directly like kitty corner to him behind the passenger might be alive maybe it's i think it's low odds with that kind of gun and he was just spraying yeah but basically i think everybody there is dead uh but that little kid does have a callback because when he's fleeing that crime he avoids hitting that kid and like what hits some sort of piece of metal something he fucking scrapes up his arm yeah so there's at least at least the first time he's left DNA in this movie. Also, I like to point out that the only time he wore gloves was when he electrocuted the guy and he held on to him while he was electrocuting him. So I'm guessing the purpose of that was to drown out the electrocution, which I don't know the gloves that he was wearing would actually do that. No, he was wearing the gloves because before that he was playing around with the chemicals he was putting together for the overdose. So that he was just protecting his fingers from the liquid. I think it was more of a science lab thing than it was a protect so myself from electric He's not thing. too worried about leaving his, ham his fingerprints anywhere. Maybe they've all been fucking wiped off of his fingers i didn't think about it too much i mean that was something i definitely thought about especially considering he was touting himself as like a really good assassin i just don't really care about that detail i assume that he's as good as he says he is and i don't need to question his use of gloves i'm not the expert well it also brings a drawback to another point in the movie later where i guess we'll get there when we get there well for now he's got to go to the store to take care of that scrape that he got yeah, he's got to go, what, to this pharmacy, right? And that's where he meets this uh, 
as the IMDb breakdown voice was so kind to let us know, a local woman. Uh, this is where he finds this local woman, and she does happen to be deaf. Oh, and he immediately falls in love with her. Like, oh, immediately. Yeah. You can see in his face, he's like, this woman right here is something special, and this is going to be me breaking my rule of not getting involved with the locals. Immediately breaking one of his rules right here. It's his last job. His last job. He's already breaking a rule. Can he just... I guess he can't wait, though, because once he does these jobs, he's got to split from Bangkok and never come back again. So he'll he never get come to back see... maybe later. Why not? Maybe, maybe not. But if he's following Depends on the how rules, easily he was able he's... to get away, right? If he's following the rules, which is what we're assuming by him taking off, I think the rule would be to just never come back to Bangkok because of what you did there to be able to retire. But again, not a big deal because he doesn't do that. And he does break his rules. In the meantime, young boy is buying jewelry for the dancer, the other go-between, and giving it to her and like trying to woo her and get her. Interestingly, I don't know if this means anything or not, but I looked up how much 20,000 bet uh-huh. or whatever it's pronounced is to U.S. dollars. What do you think that number is? I have no point of reference on this. Let me say 250 $666.31. Interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, but I don't know if it means well, it probably anything. wasn't true back in... And did you do the conversion to the amount it would have been... In two thousand and eight, no, I did it. I just did. I just did it to U.S. dollars, present day. So that's not what it meant Probably. back then. So it means nothing outside of what you wanted to mean. Synchronicities, baby. It's how magic works. We've talked about it before. I know you don't believe in it. Well, this dude's leaving the club, and he's gets beat the fuck up by this gang of bastards who apparently he owes money to. And they try they try and steal yeah. this briefcase, which is a big old fucking deal because this is the payment briefcase after the job has been done. And he manages to No, this is the the second job one. Oh he has oh that's right, because they're wiring they're wiring because, money. Because they're wiring money. Kong says something about him being like that guy in the briefcase. No, is no, bad you're guy. right. Yeah, that's what we're getting to because he shows up late because he gets fucking beaten by these guys, but manages to get the briefcase back. And Cage is like, "What the fuck, man? Like you're late and you fucked up." And he ends up like putting a, a knife up to his throat when Kong is like, "I can help you. I can help you." But he puts his knife up to him, and then he kind of lets him go, and then he does it again to him. You're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And so Nick Cage, yeah, basically is like, "All right, I'm gonna agree to teach you." So he's breaking another rule here. He's bringing on he's bringing on this uh this guy who's just supposed to kill at the end. He's supposed to be a disposable errand boy. He's turning him into a young boy. Well, he even says like in the voiceover, "Why didn't I kill him?" And he's like, "I look into his eyes, the like thing you can't change." He puts a lot of stock in the eyes. Apparently, he's like, "I saw myself in him." So yeah. instead of getting rid of him like all these other fucking losers in the past that I didn't care about. Like, I'm going to help this dude. I mean, and maybe he does in the end. Who knows? But he thinks it's a good idea to try. And so, yeah, this is when they're talking about the next guy. Dude sees the picture. He's like, oh, that's a bad guy. He buys and sells young girls from, like, the northern provinces. And he's a real scumbag. And Cage is like, okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. And then he goes out and he's got work to do. Yeah, and so I think even on that second sheet of paper that be, uh, said that like they wanted him to die from quote-unquote natural causes or something like that. I didn't notice. So Nick Cage drowns him in the swimming pool at the hotel that he's in. So I was watching that scene and wondering to myself, because obviously Nick Cage is a top-notch professional killer. How long has he trained himself to be able to stay underwater and hold his breath. Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing. Because that was a long time there, it seemed. And he wasn't even sweating it. I bet you he's trained himself to be good for up to four or five minutes. Yeah, probably. Because that's that was intense. Because he kept a nice, straight Michael Myers face while dude just got choked the fuck out in the deep end of the pool. It was oh, crazy. Yeah. He was not. He was like, nah, dude. He's like, I got this unlocked. Don't even worry about it. 
it was a, it was a, a good hit, uh, you know, if we're judging the quality of hits that are in this movie. So next morning, young boy sees a newscast that the guy he saw in the picture last night is now suddenly dead. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And Cage is like, um, I'm not going to tell you about how many people I've killed. I try not to think about that. So just shut the fuck up and let me train you some more. <laughs> yeah. So there's just like little bits of training here and there. And then he's all like, yo, hey, yo. Like, he shows up to the pharmacy, and he's just kind of, like, staring at her, and she notices. Well, he mulls around out front for a while before he plucks up the courage to go inside. And, yeah, even when he gets inside, he's kind of just pacing around like he doesn't know what to do. And she notices, and she's all like, like, hey, what's up? Like, she's deaf, so she didn't say that. But she's all, like, like looking at him and, like ah like waving for him to come near and he like looks around like are you looking at me for the sake of the podcast medium you can just go ahead and say what she said and we'll assume she didn't actually say it yeah yeah, yeah, i can i can see you miming out what she's doing but no one listening at home can no yeah it's because they can only hear me but not see me exactly but they can't see how apparently beautiful you are no they can't they can only dream Nick Cage can see how beautiful Fawn is. And he asks the woman that also works at the pharmacy to be like, yo, girl, can can we go out on a date later? So uh, I'm correct in assuming that she knows how to speak English or she knows she understands English. I don't know. Well, because she wrote in English to him on the sheet of paper or she had someone else write it on a piece of paper for her earlier in the day or the day before like planning to give it to him i guess that's actually possible too but i'm gonna assume she understands english otherwise there'd be no way for it at all for them to communicate really that's been explored in other movies it's possible that people can communicate without actually communicating I don't, I get, I didn't really think about it because it's obvious he doesn't understand anything she's saying in sign language except for her name later. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe she did understand some English. I assume that she understood English, especially after she handed him that written note, which I assume was also her handwriting. I'm not going to make that assumption. My thought was someone else, like the woman she works with at the pharmacy wrote it for her. I think she at least knows, like, I'm actually probably assuming she knows English just because, like, I don't think the movie's that deep that it would be like, oh, yeah, it's her friend that wrote it. Like, this movie did not come across a very deep movie. I don't think that's a deep maneuver. She'd already used her friend to do translation once earlier in the movie. Like, I just don't think it's that far of a leap. I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm not saying it's that far of a leap for me to have assumed that. None of this is important. What is important is that this is when the crime family decides they need to know more about Nick Cage. Well, because, yeah, like Kong gets well, Kong gets her phone number. Right. And sees that like the the TV produced crime family, they see that they're having kind of like a back and forth. And they're like, all right, we need to know more about this. Like, Well, they know that they've got leverage on Kong now, too. They're like, we can get Kong to cooperate if we do something to Om, who's our property anyway, basically. So, I mean, that comes into play later. But they, they see that connection. And that's when they have him followed. That's when that whole situation goes down. And Cage... Because dude calls up Cage and Cage is like, here's what you need to do. Put the fucking phone into the briefcase, throw that shit, ditch it, get the fuck out of there. They'll pick that up, right? Yeah. And they do They do pick it up and they bring it back to their fucking compound and Cage calls the phone and he's like, listen, motherfucker, we had an arrangement. He's like, I see your people again. I'm fucking killing your wife. I, yeah. Cold blooded as hell. He's immediately like, if you ever, ever bring your people my way again, I will kill your wife. I'm not gonna kill you. I'm not gonna kill your son. I'm not gonna kill one of your top dudes. I'm killing your wife, bro. So get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, oh shit. Cold-blooded. Like, he, is, he he is cold blooded. So after that, he because he's still on his date during all of this this is a little break in his date with her he goes and he drops her off at home and he goes in and he meets mom and mom asks what he does for a living and she's like or he says he's a banker and she's like perfect i'm just gonna leave you two alone now just like grams and dawson's giving that blessing 
Yeah, and then they just kind of she's like, "Yeah, my name's Rain." And they 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 hold hands for a minute. She kisses him on the cheek when he leaves, and it's like, "All right, this romance is definitely progressing. Whether or not it's the right thing for good old Joe to be doing, it is progressing." And this is when he gets home and turns that elephant painting upside down. Yeah, he's all like, "I need good luck now because I want to fuck this woman." See, but here's my thought. The bad luck was going to come no matter what. But I think turning that elephant upside down made it so much worse. As things play out here in the end, obviously, things didn't get better when he turned that elephant upside down. No, because it immediately started getting worse for him when that elephant got turned upside down. Because on his third hit, he gets spotted. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's so bad. I was sitting there. I'm like, what's going to go wrong here? And it's some woman grabbing. Well, it's a daytime hit in a busy like in a boat busy market. like area on the water in boats, and like a woman grabs his young boy's arm, and or not maybe his young boy, but the guy who's actually steering their boat. Someone, yeah, and it draws a lot of attention to the boat. The guy who's he's supposed to hit is like in a boat that they're going towards each other. They're about to cross bows and, and he's he got the pistol the like silencer like i don't know six inches out of the flowers so it's very easily like seeable i don't think i don't think it was that far out i think it was just such close proximity and this is the kind of guy who's concerned about being assassinated probably look at how many dudes he had around him like ready to pop into action at least four yeah and he spots that gun and cage is like you need to get us the fuck out of here right now and so he ends up like and like this little mini boat chase because then they get into like these fast boats it's such a good chase scene i love it oh it's 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 really good because like it's a little ridiculous but it shows how like supposed supposedly how trained nicholas cage is because he goes from ripping around on this boat to having to jump off of this boat to get onto a bike because he sees a guy riding like a like motocross it's a little bike. scooter. It's like a little scooter, basically. Or yeah, like a dirt bike almost. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, you got to get me over to the ledge. So he jumps off. off. He jumps off the boat onto land. Well... Well, the dude yeah, runs up, after takes the guy's fucking <laughs> motocross bike, fucking is chasing the guy, shooting him back and forth on the boat and land, right? And then he fucking jumps off of the bike onto the boat. The dude in the boat, the hit the mark, shoots the gas tank. Yeah. So that when Cage jumps off the bike at the end of the it road, explodes. so he's going to jump off anyway, it explodes while he jumps, lands on the boat. When he lands on the boat, he'd already shot the guy, so he was down. He grabs the prop and cuts his arm off like halfway through the forearm in the hand that's holding the gun. And the dude's fucking freaking out because obviously he just lost most of his arm. Yeah. And and Cage just takes the gun out of his own hand and fucking shoots him down. And then young boy shows up and gets him out of there. And I'm like, holy shit, that was an intense hit. Yeah. And almost could not have gone any worse. No, yeah, there had to have been a lot of witnesses for that. So there's another package exchange going on at this point. Cage is at this Buddhist temple with rain and he seems just not at peace with anything that's going on. And so they're out walking around later at night. And this is when she gives him that piece of paper you're talking about. Oh, hold about. on. So I think before this is when, uh, yeah, before this, they're they're watching TV or something like that. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one guy's face comes up on like, he's like another president or something. I don't know. Some young, young boy in cage are watching TV. And that politician we were talking yeah. about earlier, he pops up, up yeah. and, and the young boy is all like, Oh man, this is a good guy. Like he's a good guy. Like you, he takes care of the bad guys. Right. And as soon as he said that, I was like, this guy's going to be the fourth fucking hit, dude. I fucking know it. There's no reason to bring that guy up unless he's coming back into play later. Oh, yeah. It just, and all the people that have been killed so far have been scumbags yeah. that were direct competition on the street level to this crime family. But yeah, this dude, the fourth big hit, 
and apparently politicians were not in the contract, so this was kind of out of left field. Um, this is definitely a political, you're fucking me kind yeah. of assassination, which is a whole nother level. So that's established while Cage is out, but he's on that date, and after she gives him that note, she walks ahead of him, like, you know, playing kind of coy or whatever. And in the meantime, and this came out of nowhere and kind of like threw so me off. So were a those bit. just two random guys that were jumping him? I think they were just muggers in the park, yeah. Jumping the white guy, walking through the park, not knowing any better. Man, you see that guy, he's tall maybe, but look at that hair. He's got to be an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go take his wallet. And then they pull a gun on him and he reverses it on him, kills them both, blood splatters on uh on old girl. And she uh, like reaches back and touches it because she feels something splatter on her, and she's all like, "Oh fuck, what the fuck is this?" She turns around, and she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me, Nick?" And then she runs off. Well, yeah, he tries to like console her and be like, "Baby, He's all baby, like, hey it's man, okay, these guys man. they jump me, dude. Like I just reacted. I'm just a banker who knows how to fucking yeah, within, use a weapon." Yeah, within the span of thirty seconds, I murdered two dudes who had the gun first. That's normal. At first, Most I thought he was going to get away that. with it because, like, playing on the fact that she's deaf and she can't hear that he's that murdering been, two people. That was my initial thought too, and that would have been so much worse. I would have fucking loved it. I, I wouldn't have bought it at all. Oh, no I didn't buy most of this movie. I'm not worried about buying it though. I, if you go into this looking, if you can't suspend your disbelief, no, no, you have to suspend your disbelief, movie, right? Right. So that's why I can believe it because I've suspended my disbelief. That's literally what the phrase means: is to stop disbelieving and to start believing. <laughs> Don't stop believing. So he's trying to like find her at the pharmacy and see her at home, but she's not there or she's shutting the fucking blinds. He burns the elephant painting. Yeah, he's all like, it's all because of you. So he's running these rules down again for the audience, reminding everyone that he's got them. And we like, all right, I got to go back to following my rules. I've done this for my entire career and nothing has gone wrong. But now I don't follow the rules for like a little bit. And all of a sudden, I'm getting noticed, getting flushed out, so getting caught up in the park. Well, that had nothing to do burning well, paintings I guess being and shit. out with her being against the rules. So, well, he's building these two bombs out of these paint cans. You're like, what the fuck is that for? And then we find out that his next hit is the politician. That's when we finally see, like, that's what was in the next package. It's like, is he going to use bombs to fucking kill this politician? What are these bombs for? And we'll find out about that later. But he reached back out into the crime family in the meantime. He's like, well, since you want me to kill a politician, I need way more money than you were offering me before. Yeah, because he had, he had said something about how you had, you had mentioned that politicians aren't in the original contract, right? And so he's like, all right, this is a political hit. This is very dangerous, draws a lot of heat. He's like, anybody can kill a politician. It's just whether or not you can get away with it, right? And well, the crime family, the crime family is like, okay, they they, they agree to pay the more money, or whatever. But they're talking amongst themselves, like, okay, well, since he knows who we are and he could potentially trace us back to this political hit, which is a bigger deal than tracing us back to those other ones, we need to eliminate him, and we need to eliminate Delivery Boy. But in the meantime, we need to get our hands on Delivery Boy and the girl too. They wanted to do like what he does, where it's just eliminate any loose ends. Yeah, I guess that's true because she maybe never saw Nick Cage, but would have known enough about him to connect them. So yeah, they probably were going to kill her too, but they were definitely going to kill Nick Cage and Young Boy so that they're gone or whatever. Young crime boss talks to the dancer and he's like, "You need to get Young Boy over here right now. Get him on the phone." So Young Boy shows up at the club. And he's like, yo, what up? It's empty. Where is everyone? And these two dudes come out of nowhere. And they're like trying to beat the shit out of him. But he's got all these skills that Nick Cage taught him, right? So he gets rid of them real easily. But then but then young crime boss and the henchmen have got Om at gunpoint. So he's like, fuck, man. I got to give up right now, don't I? And they've been beating Om. And they've been beating the shit out of her. And they've been threatening to like beat up her sister and shit too. I don't know if the implication was that they like raped her too, but it wouldn't surprise me. Like, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It was just not a good situation for anyone. But now they've got fucking Kong in 
captivity as well. Cage is out there right now, and he's trying to fucking set up for this hit, though. But he can't, Cage can't do it. When he gets set up in the sniper spot and he got the clear shot, he can't pull the trigger. Because he sees all the people in the crowd and how happy they are about this good-ass politician that does good for the people. But before he can get clear of the scene, the police snipers spot him. Yeah, And that was what I wanted to bring up. I don't know because I didn't look it up. I was going to and then I forgot. But in another movie about political assassins, they were trying to frame the character in that movie. And they said that someone saw him with his weapon outside of the window. And the person was like, nah, he's a military sniper or he's a sniper. He would never stick his weapon outside of the window and reveal his location. Not only did Nicolas Cage have his weapon outside of the window revealing his location, he was right up on the fucking window so they could see him through it. If he's supposed to be some sort of amazing assassin, wouldn't he think to... He's... Uh, you're you're overlooking the point that he has not been following any of his rules this whole movie. So it makes sense that in this moment when he was sitting there, he was there mentally prepared to pull that trigger. And then he decided in the moment, he even in his mind had a, a visualization of pulling the trigger. But along the way, there was this big flashback of what I assume is every hit that he had ever done flashed before yeah. his eyes. And it ended with the image of Fawn running away. So it didn't even end with a hit. It ended with disappointing this woman that he fell in love with over the course of a couple of weeks or whatever. And so he's shaken and rattled right now. So it would make sense that he's going to reveal himself in the window because he's not thinking about where he's at. He's just had like this crazy inter mind deep delve experience that just kind of blew his mind. And once again comes to to that final rule where it's like once you're thinking about getting out, it's all it's almost already too late. Well, now he's on the run because they spot him. He's got to go, and he somehow manages to evade. A whole bunch of motherfuckers and just take off his jacket and put on a hat and steal a camera and attempt to try to take pictures and then steal a car and get out of there. That was a little bit much for me. Yeah, he was able to blend in very fast. That That's the one thing where I was watching that was kind of like these little hiccups you've had with believability where I was like, that's a little bit much for me. What made me believe, a bit, believe it at all was I was like... This is very reminiscent of what I would do in a video game. Sure. Like, oh, fuck, I raised the alarms. All right, let's switch my costume real quick and go the right. other way. Oh, I mean, it's, okay, it's I get classic. Away. It's classic, like, thriller action movie activity. And, like, it's not that I have a problem with it. It's just the way it was played in this particular scene felt very off well it didn't look like he was reacting the same as everybody else no yeah it just it it wasn't believable but it doesn't matter because he gets home from there and this is when we find out what those bombs were for because young boy has been tortured to the point that he gives up the location and the crime family's there to murder him or at least some of their henchmen are well he just chucks down these fucking paint can bombs hides in the tub and just blows the shit out of four dudes well, he doesn't blow yeah, the shit out of four dudes, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> as, a, as a different kind of Bangkok dangerous. Uh, yeah, and then he, uh, he goes downstairs after uh, throwing the homemade bombs that blew up the four dudes. <laughs> there we go. And they're not all quite dead. It's two of them are still alive, at least. So, like, he questions them and then kills them? Well, he what he questions them on first. At least well, kills the one guy. He sees the first guy that he talks to, and he's wearing Kong's watch, which is why he's like, where the fuck is Kong at? And dude's like, go fuck yourself, basically, so he kills him. And the next guy, he asks the same question, and apparently this guy does not want to be killed, because next time we see them is outside the compound. Yeah. He's all like, oh, it's Surat, it's Surat. But bef- Who is the bad but guy? But before they go there, Cage makes a stop over at his lady love's house. He knocks on her door. Mom's there, and she just kind of like gives him a look and walks away. And Fawn's there in the background, and Cage just does the little prayer hands up to his face. Yeah, he just like a little bow at her. Just and takes then off. leaves and then she fucking runs out after him but he's already gone on his car and that's when he gets up to the compound and, 
And it's like, I don't want to say the rest of the movie because he at that point could have stopped. Right. He could have saw that she ran out, stopped, went up to him and like and like at this point, you got to believe that his character was in love with her. Right. Well, he could have stopped and done what exactly with the crime family still with a big ass. I'm just saying this. He could have been like, I love you. I need to leave right now. Do you want to leave and come to America with me? No, it's a stupid fucking plan and puts her in danger unnecessarily. Right now, they don't know about her existence at all. The second she starts coming with him to America or whatever, they're still going to be looking for him. Once he goes out of country, they're not going to follow. I disagree. Not necessarily the top dudes are going, but they're still looking for that guy. Retribution will be had. That's how that whole situation works. I don't think they're high enough up to where they're going to be chasing them to a different country. Either way, you don't put the person you supposedly love that much in any kind of danger like that at all when they're already not on anyone's radar. You walk away. Had he been following his rules, he would have just left. I think even not following the rules, not getting her involved in it is the smartest thing and the safest thing for her. If he really loves her, he needs to let her be. I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, there's no need for the final act of this movie to happen. Like, the movie should have ended right here, basically, with him, like, saying goodbye to her and then, like, him trying to get the fuck out of there. I think he had already decided this was the end for him, that he was tired. He wasn't going to be able to get the money that he wanted for that last hit to really be able to retire and like he said leave the country you die and then you're running for the rest of your life he even said himself you're running for the rest of your life and he didn't want to live like that not when he had a taste of what it was like to be a lover and a master and now he doesn't get to be either anymore he'd rather just be fucking dead and take out this dude with him and this whole crime family with him and so he does kind of go and I know this is many years before it, but it felt almost like a, a toned down John Wick sort of romp through the compound where he kills everybody in his way, including putting a grenade up to young crime boss's dick, smashing that up against a door that is holding Kong and Om inside and setting that grenade off so that it blows young crime boss in half. And that's just like... They don't show a lot of gruesome things in this movie, but the shot of the guy's arm being cut off was pretty graphic. And then young crime boss being blown in half. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Intestines just out there. I was like, oh shit, they went all out on that one. Yeah, and then he saves fucking uh, his young boy and um, and uh, then he... He ends up he ends up in a car with the old crime boss and he does the murder that I gave away in the spoiler in the beginning of the show the murder slash suicide yeah where he like shoots himself in the head and the other guy like the bullet goes through both of them like one bullet two deaths it's a murder suicide with one bullet and that's when we get that image of kong leary just looking off into the water did you say kong leary yeah yeah but that's the end of the movie boom it's over a tight hour and 35 minutes or so yeah, so there's Bangkok Dangerous for you, listeners. And something that I, I think we forgot to say on top of the show, we'll say right here, right before we get to the rating scale. That's LOL. Lots of love. And I know you guys know that you got to give it to get it, and then you got it. Good. It's very good. And uh, now we can get to the rating scale for the 50th hashtag cage talk edition. Bangkok dangerous and uh you know it's a one to 50 grading scale where one is the lowest and 50 is the greatest and two to 49 is literally anything in between imdb rates this movie Bangkok dangerous 27 out of 50 randy quids do you want to go first chuck or do you want me to go first yeah, I guess I can go first. Okay. Don't sound so excited about it. Uh so I'm I'm right near the IMDB. I gave this a twenty-five on the dot. I don't know if I feel super comfortable giving it a twenty-five, especially after talking through it, thinking about it a little bit. I watched this movie earlier today and I had a little bit of time, do a little bit of research and yada yada yada. I still don't know if I feel like it's a 25 because like you know 25 is right in the middle good not great not bad it's a movie you know 
You had fun. I I did have fun watching it, it mostly. I like this type of movie typically. I didn't think the acting was all that great. I thought Nick Cage did a pretty good job, but outside of that, I don't really know. You don't you don't you don't really know. Well, I mean like I, I didn't like the other actors in the movie. Okay. For the most part. I thought it was semi unbelievable for Nicolas Cage to immediately fall in love with a deaf woman who may or may not have a language barrier. If that's your hiccup with believability in this movie, then how did you even... No, that's not my hiccup with it. That's just the one where I'm like, this just seems so out of whack. That's the, because that's the it's, point, though. The exceptionality of the situation is the point. I, I'm changing my score. I'm giving this a 20. This movie has... Very hard to follow rationale for any of the story. Because the whole very beginning part of the movie is him being like, there's four rules. You live by these four rules. You you get out, you're good. You don't, you're fucked. And then it's all like, why do you fucking break them if you know that you're going to die if you break? You're, you're killing me, Nick. That's the whole point. It's the whole point of the movie. I don't think the whole point of the movie is that he wanted to die. No, the whole point of the movie is that he gave you the rules so that when he broke the rules, it was that you knew that these were exceptional circumstances. He had met a lot of young boys and a lot of women along the way, but he had never met this young boy and this woman at the same time in any sort of place whatsoever. So the situation was exceptional. It's what made him break his own rules because it was just so exceptional to him i think the only thing that made him break his own rules was that this was the last job i think that was part of it i think that's a big part of it i think that doing four hits in one place at a time instead of just one which i mean i don't know what the standard was maybe he did four on a regular basis but that seemed like a lot for one location as i was watching this movie i knew that it got a 27 from imdb and i was like man i just don't necessarily agree with that like this is a pretty decent movie and certain i was like i can overlook a lot of it but then when you get to the end i'm just like and kind of fuck this movie like i understand why people are fucking hating on it like eh, it's something we've talked about in the past you love yourself a happy ending i do love myself a happy ending i don't mind endings like this i feel like when they make more sense i don't agree with i don't agree i feel like a lot of the decisions he made in this his character based on what he has told us himself would probably not make a lot of these seemed like just bad decisions again it's the exceptionality of the circumstances that is the whole i get it i get it that's why this is the story that's why we didn't follow the story of this guy on any of the other hits he did before this movie because this is where the story is this is where things are interesting because it isn't what he's normally done it's because he himself doesn't even necessarily know why he's doing these things he just is he's compelled to do them in the midst of all this other shit like i get it i just i'd rather see everything can we just one time get a movie where it's like this is what the plan is and they do it and they do it perfectly and just everything works out the way it's supposed to and they're like yeah high five and they end the movie and they get paid that's so fucking boring i mean like i I just want to see somebody succeed. They can succeed. He did succeed here, technically, in his own mind. But, all right, do you have anything else to say before I give my rating? Because I feel like I said a lot during during your rating, so I don't know how much more I'm going to have to say. Well, I'm going to say that um, I do own this, so I'm going to continue to own it. I don't know if I will ever watch this again. Maybe. Would you recommend that other people watch it? No. This is an hour and 50 minutes long. No, it's not. I think. Hour and 40 minutes. Hour and 35 by my copy. Either way, it felt long. (laughs) Okay. Well, this is going to be one of those rare instances where you and I are far apart and I'm above you. Because I feel like like that's a rare occurrence. Oh, I'm giving this movie a 39. I really I love this movie. There was a lot of problems with it, sure, but a lot of it was easy for me to just kind of explain away with the world that they gave me. Because if there's a whole lot of fast and loose where I could just kind of fill in the blanks to make it make sense to myself with what they gave me. I liked this setup with the young boy and the message system and 
the two parties never coming in contact with each other so there isn't that liability but oh wait i did like all that the setup was so good i think most of the hits were really good a lot of the action was really good sometimes over the top but i could get behind that it's fine especially during that last compound scene where it felt like they were bridging into a realm of action movie that they weren't doing before but they'd kind of started hinting towards with the boat scene where it was like okay exploding bikes and boat chases like it's getting a little ramped up but i still it didn't feel out of place to me which is what made it kind of work there wasn't i don't know i liked most of the performances in the movie i think it was a great length in an hour and a half when i first turned it on i was like it's gonna be a two-hour movie isn't it fuck and i had no idea what this movie was about or anything and it just really took me by surprise how much i really enjoyed it so yeah i'm sticking with the Way above IMDb and above Chuck Banner, 39. Oh, and the score, too. I really like the score. Because it had almost like a really sad kind of melancholy feel when it wasn't in the action scenes. Which made it feel different than a lot of action and crime movies that I've seen. So, yeah, 39. Yeah, I like more upbeat. The story wasn't upbeat, though. It wasn't. So, an upbeat soundtrack would have been weird as hell. I also do not buy Nicolas Cage as an assassin. I think he did a really good job, but that is a role that's not something I would necessarily pick him for myself. No, I agree with that. This could have been done better with another actor. Yes, I agree with that. I'd imagine the original is probably better. I'm going to have to watch it. I think I'll fucking dig it. If I dug this... Uh, so are you going to add this to your personal cage collection? That is something I'm on the fence about. I haven't decided yet. I haven't even looked to see if it's available, so I don't know. It should be, because I have a Blu-ray version of it. I'd imagine it... Yeah, things go out of print, though, man. You never know. But I don't know. I'm on the fence. We'll see what happens. I will probably watch it again to see if it's not just a right movie, right time situation, because I had a hell of a week, and it was, it was a nice break from my week on that Wednesday night that I watched it. So if I watch it again in the future, I might just kind of be like, ooh, yeah, now this isn't as good as I thought it was. No, this is actually not that good. I I don't know. For right now, I don't believe that's true, but I'm going to hold off on buying it until I see it again, I think. As far as recommending this to other people, I guess if, if you like Nick Cage, for sure, check it out. If you like assassin crime style movies... Sure, go ahead and check it out. I don't know, go ahead, fuck it. Yeah, go ahead and watch Bangkok Dangerous. Who gives a shit? It's an hour and 35 minutes of your time. You'll be fine without it if you don't like it. Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) But I think we can uh, both agree that you can catch all of our new episodes and subscribe, rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Apparently that means something uh, when you rate us on there. Uh, But subscribe to us, and uh, you can also do that on Spotify. And of course... You can always just go to 50randyquades.com and download uh, your episodes or stream us there. Next time on 50 Randy Quades, episode 124, Ghostbusters. So, yeah, we're going to watch uh, Ghostbusters. I ain't afraid of no ghost. I ain't afraid of no host. Oh, that was bad. Until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out.